Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, hello, sweet listeners, and welcome back to the In the Meadow podcast. I'm your host, Victoria, otherwise known as Vic in the Meadow on Instagram and Vic Sauce on TikTok. And today we are talking about how I became a morning person after being a chronic night owl for pretty well my entire life. I've mentioned this in the previous episodes on my mood boosters, but how getting up in the morning has just made me a happier and healthier person. For my fellow night owls, I think it's important to talk about how I got there or for other people when you get into a depression or hard times in life and becoming a morning person feels hard. These are my tips on how I got there and maybe you can pull and pick some that you wanna integrate into your lifestyle. Now, first of all, I wanna mention that it is not essential to be a morning person. If you have a lifestyle where you don't have to be up early in the morning and you don't like to be, that is totally okay. For me and my lifestyle, I'm self-employed with my day job and I make my own hours and I would always previously just choose to work in the afternoon or the evening. And I was like, oh, it's okay that I don't like morning, stay up until one, two o'clock, sleep until at least nine. For me, getting up early was like getting up at 8.30 and it felt okay. I also hated how sluggish and sick I'd feel in the morning when I did have to wake up actually early for anything. And recently, as y'all know, I've had a lot of lifestyle changes. In undergoing grief, I've had to reevaluate my life, my priorities, what's good for my mental health. And I decided that being a night owl was no longer something that fit into my well-being. And that's because I was a spiraler. Anytime after, for me, 10 p.m., my brain is just going worst case scenario. I'm hyper-emotional, not in a good way. I'm overthinking things, I'm anxious and I'm stressing. So I thought, okay, well, what if I just put myself to bed before then and skip that witching hour of just feeling like crap mentally? So I thought, okay, okay. I'm going to try this out. I'm going to try and get myself into a routine. And if it works out and I like it, great. If it doesn't, okay, then I guess I'm not meant to be a morning person. But for me, this change has worked out to be one of the best things I've ever done for my mental health. My anxiety has been so much more manageable for the most part. I feel happier, healthier. I have more energy. And it's been essential in my grief journey for keeping me out of the depression pit. Now, with that being said, it's also summer right now and we have beautiful long days of sun and daylight and this might all go out the freaking door when seasonal depression time hits. Because right now, I want to be up and at them with the daylight. 
feels good to maximize that time and enjoy it because I know it's not going to be here for very much longer. And I realized that prior, when I was a night owl, I had so many other mental crutches that I was falling on and using that as an excuse for. I'd always say, and I've heard this before, where people are like, oh, but it's so nice to be awake when nobody else is awake. You know everyone else is asleep. The deeper meaning for that was that it meant that no one was relying on me. No one was expecting anything of me at those hours, which is true. The deeper issue for me is my issue with confrontation and communication. Instead, I've learned that yes, I'm awake at hours where other people are texting me things, calling me things. It's going to happen during these often awake hours, but it's forced me to have to learn how to set boundaries, how to communicate with people and how to carve out my me time where I'm not making myself available for everyone at all times, which again has just further contributed to my well-being and my mental health and facing that to create safety feelings in the daytime has been really rewarding. Now I can find my quiet during the day and I don't need that time where I'm like, oh, everyone else is asleep. No one's going to bother me. I worked through it. But that is a more personal aspect of the whole night owl to morning person shift. So I want to talk about some of the little things that I did to turn me from night owl into early bird gets the worm. So first of all, what do I mean by morning person? Because I know this is super subjective. I see the like 5am morning routines on YouTube. That is not what I'm talking about. I made it my goal that I wanted to be up by seven o'clock every day. And right now that's sustainable for me. Maybe one day I would like to make that earlier, but for now that's a good starting spot. Because like I said, I was someone who was always sleeping in until at least like nine o'clock. And for me, eight o'clock, that was early. Be at a point where my body is now waking myself up at seven is incredible. But when I first started trying to shift my sleep schedule, I was like, okay, I'm going to make sure that I'm winding down by 9.30. Current me, who now has a better routine, is like, girly pop, that's insane. Now you're in bed reading by 9.30. You start the winding down by like 7 o'clock when time permits. But again, that was my starting point. And depending on what morning person means to you, these numbers will shift. This is, again, my experience. It's my podcast. I'm just talking out into the world. And you can take what you please. But anyways, my point being that I learned that having a healthy nighttime routine is really 90% of becoming a morning person. It's not the morning routine for me. It's the night routine. It's getting into a relaxed headspace to have a good sleep, fall asleep before that witching hour where your brain is going to be spiraling. Set yourself up for success the next day by doing so. Like I said, creating a healthier night routine has been a huge staple for me in this process, more so than any kind of morning routine. And I notice one of the biggest things that affects the quality of my sleep, how I'm falling asleep, is when I'm eating dinner and when I stop eating for the day. Now, I know food can be a touchy subject, and again, this is just my experience, but some things that I found helpful as someone that also has recently been experiencing some heartburn at night is to stop eating sooner than later in the day. The closer I eat to bedtime, the more it's keeping me up, it's dysregulating my system, it's giving me heartburn, it's giving me nausea. I can just lay down and feel sluggish and not in a sleepy way, but in a overeating way. I try and make lunch my main meal of the day now, my bigger meal, which I know is a very European thing to do in general. America hasn't quite caught up with that. Whatever I'm eating around lunchtime, I try and make my like more hearty meal so that later in the day I'm still satiated and I'm having kind of like a lunch for dinner situation instead. I find this is a lot easier in my digestion as someone with digestive issues and thus plays into my sleep quite a bit. So having an earlier dinner, like I'm talking not eating dinner any later than six o'clock. Like if I can, I like to eat like 4.45, 5 o'clock dinner. 
course, with my work schedule, this also isn't always possible. But again, this is like perfect world scenario, what I try to do. And if I am snacking closer to bedtime, having things that are going to be easier to digest that I know aren't going to trigger heartburn or painful digestion. So like fruit, veggies, maybe some tortilla chips, definitely not popcorn because that gives me stomach pain, no dairy because that's going to upset my stomach as well. Like I said, in general, just limiting how close I'm eating to bedtime gets me a much nicer sleep. Alternatively, eating breakfast in the morning is also something very important to me. I find when I do that, I'm actually hungry for breakfast because I also used to be someone who would stay up too late, be eating really late into the night, wake up and then just not be hungry in the morning. And thus that made me even more slow and sluggish feeling in the morning because I had no appetite. I didn't eat anything and there was nothing fueling my fire to get my day going. So now I wake up, I want my breakfast, I have my eggs, whatever I'm having, I'm feeling good. My system feels more regulated. So again, circling back to the night routine, Team, which is the foundation of becoming a morning person for me, I am having my nightly bath. I've always been someone that loves a good soak. My parents know that from growing up. They're poor water bill. I'm grateful to rent an apartment that's all-inclusive and I don't have to pay a water bill now, but I have a bath every single night, non-negotiable. This is the start of my night routine. Again, I like to do this around 7. If I can by like a 6.30, so I'm out by 7.30, even better. A nice warm bath where I can just read or if I want to scroll on TikTok, no shame. However, you need to unwind having that carved out piece of time that you know is for you, that you get into your routine and do every single day really makes a difference. If I'm feeling fancy, I'll pop in some Epsom salts or something, but you really don't need like all the lavender bubble baths and everything. Just like hot water, that's enough for me. I'm a simple lady. I love my baths. If I'm feeling really extra, maybe I'll do like a bedtime yoga with Adrian. You know, if you're feeling a little stressed. Otherwise, the bath is usually enough for me. And after that, I am reading. It really is true. They're onto something when they say no screen time before bed. Because even like the brightness, the color tones aside, I don't know how much that weighs into things. It's just too mentally stimulating, especially with the speed of social media these days where you're scrolling on Instagram and you're consuming so many pieces of other people's lives in such a rapid succession. Same with TikTok, watching these videos where you might watch for five seconds, scroll to the next, watch for three seconds, scroll to the next, even 30 seconds, scroll to the next. It is causing your brain to fire at a rate that is not conducive for winding down and sleep. I like to read my book. And after 9 p.m., I transition to the Kindle so that I can shut my light off, shut the Kindle down to level one out of 10 brightness, and really just get myself winding right down. The next piece of important advice that I have for here is those nights when you just can't sleep or when you're like trying to change your routine, start getting up earlier and you're trying to go to bed way too early, your brain is not falling asleep, don't pull out your phone and start scrolling. I've learned even if it's 1am and I wake up from a bad dream and I can't fall back asleep, I either get up, walk around the house a little bit to like reset my system and then try again, or I pull out the Kindle and again, read on the lowest level of brightness to just get my eyes tired, get my brain tired, not be spiraling in my own brain with my own thoughts and try and relax. Now, if your brain is spiraling with a lot of thoughts going on, I recommend doing is brain dumping. You have to get it out of your head or you're going to keep ruminating on it. So I'll take my notes up on my phone and I will just stream of consciousness, get everything out. Whether it's a to-do list, which that's another, I guess, little tidbit of advice of things that I do is every day I work on my to-do list for the next day, just so I know and have written down. There's nothing I'm going to forget. Everything I need to get done and want to get done. It's in a spot in my phone and then it doesn't have to live in my brain and it creates so much space in the noggin. Late at night when you're spiraling, thinking about things, 
just get it down on your phone. Whether it's a to-do list, whether it's regrets that you're thinking about, an embarrassing moment, get it out. Or if you're not like a phone person, have a little journal, a little pen and paper beside your bed. Just get it out. Really helps. Or a little therapy trick, tell your brain, I will deal with that tomorrow or I will fix that tomorrow. It just tucks it in a little box, puts it away as I can't solve this right now. I'll do it tomorrow, even if you're not going to. It's just a little way to trick the brain, get yourself to sleep. The other thing I like to do if I can't sleep, if I'm having trouble is now go on TikTok, but listen, I'm not going on TikTok to watch videos. I'm going to my saved playlist of ASMR for sleep. And I've talked about ASMR before. I know it's not for everybody, but for me, these are safe videos that I know are quiet. They're low lighting. They're not mentally stimulating. And ASMR videos can put me out within minutes. Basically, like I said, I've just got like a little arsenal of tools that I know are safe for trying to actually put me to sleep without just distracting me. That's my little night routine that I have. And again, it's more so just creating structure. It's not like you need the tart cherry juice to put you to sleep. I don't know, whatever else specific products are trending on TikTok right now. You don't need to buy things. You can use what you already have to create a healthier routine. I mean, that goes for a lot of health and wellness stuff in general. In general, all you need is changes in routine, stuff that you can do with breathing, journaling, self-regulation. You really don't need the hundreds of dollars of Amazon must-haves and supplements and teas. Anyways, that's a whole other topic. So that's the night routine. Now, morning, how the heck do you start getting up earlier? For me, what really helped was just getting up earlier in 15-minute increments. So when I was getting up at 9, I started setting the alarm for 8.45. And then after a couple days, 8.30 and just slowly kept scaling it back. Once I started getting to like that 7.30 mark, I realized falling asleep earlier was also a lot easier. The other important piece of advice is when your alarm goes off, you have to train yourself to actually get up. Especially if you have a hard time getting up in the morning. Now, if you're somebody where you get up early so that you have time to lay in bed and scroll on your phone or whatever, that's your prerogative. For me, I know that being on my phone first thing in the morning isn't good for my mental health in the first place. Already getting my brain into that like ADHD mode of needing to constantly consume. You know I need to slow it down and I want to slow it down. My alarm goes off, I'm up. I go, I brush my teeth, I wash my face, I get dressed, I make the bed, I get food in me. Then I like to sit with my tea and my book. I'm not answering emails, I'm not checking my social media first thing in the morning. I'm regulating my system, getting myself at a good base point where I'm up, I'm feeling good and that helps me feel very energized. It's also just very grounding to get up a little earlier and just get some fresh air, getting out of the house. Because when you're in your house, you're in your bed, the environment where you're sleeping, you're just stuck in that like groggy state of mind. But especially right now, again, when it's summer and the days are so long and the sun is out so early, just even if you open the door and stand on your porch for 30 seconds, take some sunlight into your eyes and it really helps regulate that circadian rhythm. I try and get that early morning sunlight into my eyes and same with that night when I'm winding down around when the sun is setting. If I'm still, you know, up and at them, I like to get outside and sit on the porch for a little bit before bed as well so that my eyes can be like, okay, the sun is going down. Circadian rhythm is getting set. Try my best to live within that natural light cycle when I can. Again, for me, one of those important things was reducing screen time and social media in the morning. And as somebody who used to do social media for like kind of a living, who doesn't really make money off of it anymore, I used to be pretty bad for doing the scroll first thing in the morning and justifying it as work. 
Listen, even if it is work, that is not healthy. We need and we deserve time to be with ourselves, center ourselves, be a person outside of work before we dive into that and just having boundaries. So in the morning, like I said, I like to go out, read a book, or if you're not a reader, do an audiobook, do a podcast. Maybe you're listening to this podcast right now on your commute to work or while you're getting ready. Having something outside of your phone. Or if you are somebody that likes to be social in the morning, call somebody. And again, this is like with consent because it can be weird to just call somebody at 7.30 in the morning. But if you text your mom or your grandma, because we know older people love to be up early. They're up with the birds as well. And say, hey, can I give you a call? Or the night before, be like, hey, are you okay if I give you a call in the morning and we can catch up in the morning? It is a lovely way to start your day and feel connected. I saw an infographic online the other day that talks about the correlation between aging where the bar is going up and your relationship and time spent with your family, which is going down as that bar of aging is going up. And it really got me feeling sad. It got me in my feels. Made me determined to connect with those family members that I do care about and want in my life a lot more and be intentional about communicating with them. Even if it's just in the morning, checking in with my mom quickly saying, hey, I hope you have a great day. Using that screen time when I am having it for intentional things, not just scrolling on social media. Like I said, this is not something that happened overnight for me. And I knew I need to not be hard on myself. Or if I have those weekends now too, where I'm staying up too late, I'm having a hard night, I'm not feeling well, and I sleep in the next day, that is totally fine. Our bodies are meant to be listened to, meant to hold space for them. Robots that are meant to function the same every day. So treat yourself with kindness and compassion, the same that you would treat your best friend with. But I guess that also is a good point. For me, having that routine, both for my mental health and physical health is continuing this through the weekend. And I know some people that might not be your jam and that's totally fine. This is just my personal experience. But for me, sticking with my routine and making sure I'm still getting up at 7 a.m. on the weekends has just been so beautiful for my mental health, especially because I'm a farmer's market kind of person now. And my goodness, let me tell you, those start very early. If you want to get the cream of the crop, good local produce first, you got to get there pretty early. So there is reward to waking up early on the weekends for me as well. And those are kind of my tips on how I personally transition from being a night owl to more of a morning person. The deeper work is more of a personal thing, like I mentioned, of working through that fear and anxiety through staying up late because that felt like the quiet time when people weren't going to bother me. I've learned to just make myself less available and set those boundaries. You don't have to respond to an email outside of your business hours, ever, really. Their urgency is not your urgency, and that translates to work, personal, whatever it might be. Have the people in your life that might have an actual emergency that pertains to you outside of work hours on emergency bypass in your contacts. This is a feature available on iPhone. I'm not sure if it's available on Android. I discovered this back in the day when I was doing birth support work and I needed to be on call but didn't want to have my ringer on all the time. You can go to your contacts and set someone on emergency bypass for phone calls only. So that means even if your phone's on silent, even if it's on do not disturb, their texts will not make a noise, but if they call, no matter what, that ring is going to come through. So for me, I have my partner and my parents on emergency bypass, and that is it. Unless I have a friend who I know is going through something where they might need me, in which case I'll also temporarily turn them onto emergency bypass. That way I know I can just keep my phone on silent and I don't have to deal with whatever's coming in until I have the capacity. And doing that is a lot more healthy than just staying up into the late hours because you know no one's gonna bother you and you're not gonna feel obligated to quote unquote deal with it. So facing those fears for me, it was really, really huge. It also can be 
uncomfortable. I've had people, especially on like Instagram DMs before where if they message me one day and I don't respond within that day or double messaging again, I have learned to state my boundaries and say, this isn't my job, but even if it was, I don't have to be available to you 24-7. I check my messages when I have the time, emotional, and mental capacity. Even then, I don't always reply every single time if it's not feeling warranted. When I do reply, I want to have that, like I said, mental capacity to reply fully, wholeheartedly, and with intention. Creating those boundaries has been huge, but this has been something a little tricky with family. My mom is a wonderful but anxious lady, just like me. It's where I get it from. And Throughout like the first five years, I'd say after I had moved out of the house, check on me and we're a Ukrainian, you know, Eastern European family. We're very close. We talk very often in my family, like every single day. However, we've had to work on our boundaries of just because I don't reply right away doesn't mean I'm in danger. <laughs> because let's say she texted me at 6 p.m., but I'm busy, I've got stuff going on, I might not have the time to reply to that until the morning. Especially, again, if it's nothing urgent, I might read it, go back, mark it as unread, and think like, okay, you know what, yeah, we'll catch up tomorrow. She'd be texting me by like 9 p.m., are you okay? Did you get home from work okay? Just worry about things. If you, if you know, you know, I think there's a certain subtype of as a Especially, like I said, European families, which are often, not always, a lot closer than Western culture. And I had to say, mom, I am totally fine. I'm not always going to respond within the same night. If something is urgent, you can call me or vice versa. Just know I live in my life too. Sometimes I'm tired from work. My own things going on, need my quiet time. She was super understanding. She just literally needed to have that communicated with her. And I think that goes for a lot of us in our relationships in general to just communicate clearly. Nobody is a mind reader. If they are, I would love to meet them. And we have to learn that we need to communicate our needs and our boundaries clearly and be confident that that's not going to offend people. And if it does offend people, that is a them problem and not a you problem. It's not your responsibility to solve other people's trauma, other people's issues. It is your responsibility to communicate your needs and boundaries clearly so long as they're appropriate. That's been a lot of that underlying deeper work that I've been processing and implementing in my life that has made me a healthier person during the daytime as well. Not just that shift of going from night owl to morning person, it's that I did the work faced those inner demons. <laughs> and like I said, I learned to create better boundaries in my work and personal life to carve out more space for myself during the daytime. This is one of those things where it's a small piece of good that has came from my grief of losing my dog recently. Because for a bit there, I was sleeping in really late and staying up really late and just thinking, okay, well, if I'm not waking up till 10 or 11, then the day is going to go by a lot quicker. It'll be over and then the next day we'll be here, which as you can hear, has a lot of issues in itself within that sentence that I wasn't ready to cope with and work through yet. It was hard, that change in routine, going from waking up at a certain time when Boo needed his morning medications to get his breakfast, to go on his first walk of the day, to not having to do any of that. It was really jarring. I wasn't ready to accept that my morning routine would be changing. And then when I finally was ready to manage that, I knew it would look different. I learned to be okay and accepting with the fact that it was going to look different. It might not be what I want but that it's going to happen is a really positive thing for me in the end. And I think this can translate to a plethora of other mental health struggles, not just grief that someone might be dealing with, but whatever you might be dealing with, there's always underlying issues that need to be worked through. And I think that altering your sleep schedule really can have a bigger impact on your overall well-being of your physical and mental health than you think it might. You just have to be ready to actually want to have that change and that impact on your life. 
Now, I've only been doing this for maybe a month, so will it stick long-term, like I said? I don't know. But for now, it's what's making me feel good, it's what's lighting me up, it's what's setting me on a healthy track for my days. So here we are. But it is interesting to reflect upon like our routines and schedules throughout life because obviously I've been in adulthood for a little while now, been out of school for a while. It's easy to get into your new routine and kind of forget of how things used to be. I saw a video floating around the internet somewhere that was talking about how now when it's 3 a.m. and you can't sleep and you're like, reeling in it, spiraling, tossing and turning, getting up, frustrated that you can't sleep, whatever stress might be going on, keeping you up, comparatively to when we were like 10 years old at a sleepover and the celebration we would have with our friends when we made it to 3 a.m., when we were trying to pull an all-nighter or whatever. Just what a juxtaposition and duality that is to compare was really interesting to think about. I can definitely tell you, I will not be making it till 3 a.m. anytime soon. I'm more so getting stressed if I'm tossing a turn at 3 a.m. because I know something in that beautiful night routine that I created is going awry. It is just really interesting to reflect upon that throughout our lives. Also, just how choosing to be a morning person is very different feeling than having to out of obligation or necessity. Again, I know a lot of people listening to this probably do have to be morning people because of their jobs. This might be unrelatable. And I work in an industry for my day job where I typically used to work afternoons and evenings more, but it's interesting because since I've become a morning person, I have way more clients now that are like, oh, you're working mornings now? Like, I would love to come in the morning and start my day that way. It's interesting that you attract what you put out there. But anyways, you know, thinking back to college where first of all for many reasons getting up early was harder but you were more sluggish in the morning when you knew you were getting up because you had to go to class or even back in high school i can't remember exactly what time high school started at i want to say like 7:50 so weird that they make high school students teenagers who they say need the most amount of sleep start school as early as they do i can remember having to get up at 6:45 for high school and just being like oh, why there is some weird mental freedom, and I'm not sure the psychology and science behind it, of choosing to be a morning person and making that switch that is just a lot more gratifying. Maybe that's my deeper problems with authority of not liking being told what to do. But I do love having that flexibility for my schedule where generally I can choose where I need to be in the day. Like I said, I know this can extend a lot farther because I also have some friends who are new parents choose and have made the intentional choice to get up at like the ass crack of dawn. I'm talking like 4.45 so that they can have an hour by themselves of alone time, quiet time to start their day before their baby gets up. Again, this is like totally not for everyone and that is absolutely fine. This is just an example of something similar to what I choose to do. Those friends see that it makes them a better mom, a better partner, a better friend, a better person to have that time to ground and center themselves and have some quiet before they have to get into their daily routines. I think it's just something to think about or something to try if you're interested in becoming more of a morning person or even just more of like a pleasant person in the morning. I feel like now that I've covered everything I wanted to, I also might touch on some things that didn't work for me or didn't have as much of an impact on becoming a morning person as I thought. Because what just came to mind is those little five minute journals. I think it's literally called the five minute 
gratitude journal. I picked up like a year ago and I was like, oh, okay, maybe this will just help me try and structure a better morning routine. And you know, it's where you write down, I think it's like three things you're grateful for, three things that would make today great and an affirmation. And at the end of the day, you go back and reflect on three good parts of your day and something else I can't remember. Anyhow, the journals have been wildly popular on TikTok throughout the years. That was not it for me. And I know gratitude can be a huge part of people's morning routines. For me, it was just stressful. I was like, I don't, I don't know what would make today great. Not every day has to be great either. So much of my like brand and what I put out there on social media is just being happy with the mundane, happy with where you are, happy with the quiet. I found the five minute like gratitude journal a little counterintuitive for me. It felt really forceful. And like I said, almost stressful. That was a flop on the morning routine for me. Another flop for me is the people that say to just like, get up and get moving. And I see these routines on TikTok where people are going to the gym before work in the morning. And I respect that so much. And like I said, everybody is different. Everybody's needs are different. For me, that was not it. I'm not somebody that exercises in general, but even like a walk in the morning, it's just not the vibe. I love the slowness and the stillness in the morning of easing into things. Like I said, having my book and my tea out on the porch. I personally just felt sick when I was moving my body too much in the morning. I need to get there throughout the day. That's just not a vibe that I'm feeling at 7.15 in the morning. That was something that I tried and was a flop. Another thing to note, I know we've already talked about like not needing the Amazon must-haves and all the trends on TikTok for your evening and morning routines, but it really is true. You don't need the ginger shots or the chlorophyll shots or the green juices in the morning. feel just as satisfied and even better because I'm not spending on the money on these expensive juices by just having my water or a tea in the morning. It doesn't have to be fancy. Ultimately, I think it's just finding what works for you and finding what you want to do. A lot of conversation on the internet these days about what works for people because the internet is about sharing your own personal experience. But as a consumer of content, it's important to remember that what works for somebody else and what somebody else's wants are don't have to translate into being your own. So I say, even with this podcast, take bits and tips that you think you might like to integrate into your life. But ultimately, if you're somebody that is happy with being a night owl, that is totally okay. Give yourself permission to be happy with that. You don't have to live your life like everybody else. What works for one person doesn't mean it's going to work for you. Just because something looks aesthetically pleasing or somebody tells you it's a must-have doesn't mean that it is. I, I saw a TikTok the other day and I'm sure a lot of people have seen this by now because it has a lot of views, but it said, there are no Amazon must-haves. Go outside. The earth misses you. That hit hard. Like I talked about in, I think this will be last week's episode when you listen to this with my mood boosters, deleting the Amazon app was a big step in my financial and mental health journey recently. And it really hit me that quote. So easy to get wrapped up in the online world and consuming content and projecting an image of yourself or even just living a lifestyle where you think you're going to feel like how that person conveys online. The internet is a highlight reel. It's what people want you to see of their lives. It's not showing the ups and downs. Even if it is, it's showing you the ups and downs in a curated way, myself included. So if there's any big takeaway from this episode, it's to remember to think for yourself, get roped into trying things and consuming things and buying things just because it worked for somebody else. Pick and choose what you want to implement into your life from what you see online very carefully. Now that took a very maternal tone at the end there. That's all I've got today. I know this was a bit of a shorter episode. I thought I might have more things to expand upon, but it really is pretty cut and dry. Just a very big recent change in my life that's had a really positive impact on me that I wanted to share 
and to talk about. Next week's episode that I'm going to record is going to be a bit more of a personal episode. I'm going to talk about my emetophobia. I'm going to talk about do I regret my tattoos. It's going to be a little bit more of a conversation and a Q&A because we haven't had that in a while. I've been following a little bit more structured podcast episode topics. I hope you will all join me next Sunday, every Sunday morning. I try and put these up around 8 a.m. That's when new episodes come out. Until then, you can find me on Instagram at Vic in the Meadow and TikTok at VicSauce. Leave me a rating on Spotify if you feel so inclined and share this with a friend. And I will see you next Sunday. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.